Hello and welcome back to our Preps Podcast. Kyle Nednerup here, joined by Logan Hunt of the Mick Network, and we're into the uh, sectional 6A and 5A uh, start this week, and, and 5A, there was a couple games last week, but not not a lot, and uh, they get they go full bore, and we get into uh, to tournament time, which is always a fun time of year. We're close to basketball starting. Logan and I were talking basketball even before the uh, the show started here, uh, but we're going to flip it into football mode. There's plenty of time for basketball, so we can we can wait on that a little bit. Uh, but lots of uh, lots of really intriguing games this week, <clears throat> Logan and. I think you have to start out, you know, we're, we're going to talk some 6A and break down some of those matchups, but I think number one in the uh, in the sectional at Brownsburg, the sectional five uh, battle uh, that I think everybody's been looking forward to again, Avon 9-0, and ranked number one, and uh, Brownsburg 6-3, and uh, coming off a loss to HSE at the end of the season, a little bit surprising that, uh, that they lost that game, but, it, but a lot of turnovers also in that game. Uh, but they, but they're coming into this game. I'm sure geared up and ready to go. Uh, Brownsburg is, is is I would say due to beat Avon if there's a if there's a word for uh, to to put on that. But Avon has kind of had their number obviously. And, and you know last year these teams met. It was a big game. I covered it, uh, 38 to uh, nothing. That one turned out to be in the sectional championship round. And uh, Avon won the game earlier this year in the regular season, seven to three. I also covered that one. That was sort of a um, obviously a defensive struggle with ten, total of ten points scored. But I think we'll see more points scored on Friday night. I think this is a really should be a really fun matchup. One a lot of people are looking forward to uh, in Hendricks County and also around the state. And as you look at this game, I think you have to really you know think a lot about the the quarterback play. Uh, you know, two two really outstanding junior quarterbacks on both sides. And then the running game, and I think Brownsburg's had a little bit of an advantage with, with Donnie Marcus and the way he's played, but I, I think Avon has kind of come on here lately also and, and showed they can run the ball. Uh, just a really intriguing game on, on both sides, Logan, and really looking forward to seeing how this one uh, turns out Friday night. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think this might be one of the, the premier matchups and the – the first time we got to see the, the pairings released uh, a couple Sundays ago, I think this was the game everyone had circled uh, that everyone was waiting for. And like you said, it it feels like Brownsburg is due for a win against Avon. I mean, Avon has kind of played big brother in this matchup so far. And the, the, the script has been flipped this year. I mean, now it's it, what last year was Brownsburg that was undefeated riding high, and Avon played spoiler to them. This year, Brownsburg could play spoiler to the number one team. And, undefeated kind of uh, undisputed champs right here in Avon. Uh, so uh, I agree with you. I, I think uh, both quarterbacks uh, ha- have increased their mobility. They've increased everything about their games just from uh, sophomore year to junior year. And I can't wait to see them even next year as seniors. But with Ben Easters and Henry Hessen, those two guys can really light it up. And I think we're definitely going to see more points on the board uh, rather than you know a seven to three matchup like we saw in, in week four. Yeah, Henry Hessen, the Avon quarterback, uh, Ben Easters, who is committed to Kansas uh, on the Brownsburg side, and, and Brownsburg has some good weapons uh, at receiver as well. The defense has really played well uh, for the most part all year, and like I said, somewhat of a surprising loss to HSC. Although that HSC team, we talked about them a couple weeks ago. You know they've they've been coming on throughout the year, so so that's a not a bad team that that Brownsburg lost to, and as you look at Brownsburg sitting at six and three, they like you mentioned they were nine and zero last year, actually ten and zero when they played Avon in the in the sectional championship. I would say this team has been more tested uh, by their schedule. Uh, you know played uh, Ben Davis early on and won that game, which that you know as you look back at that looks like a good win, uh, even better now, and Avon handled them too. So uh, t- two good wins for both 
uh, Avon and Brownsburg to beat Ben Davis. But, you know, Brownsburg, I think, has been tested. Uh, Avon, though, like we mentioned, has had their number. Mark Bless has really built this thing the last decade at Avon into a into you know sort of like a Mick team. I mean, they're they're always good defensively, good along the lines. Offensive line has been a, a huge strength of theirs, and, and this year again with Blake Fisher, the Notre Dame recruit, is a monster out there. I mean, he, he you you don't uh, miss him when you look when you look out on the field. Uh, so you know a lot of that will come down to line play. I think Brownsburg though is better equipped. Uh, maybe than they have been in the past with with the athletes they have on both sides of the ball. Uh, so you know, I, it's a game that I haven't picked a winner yet on this one. Uh, I think maybe you know it, it's going to be one of those games that comes down to who's going to make a big play, and I think both teams are capable of that. You know, they have playmakers on both sides, and uh, as you look at this this game. Whoever wins this game will be a big favorite next week against either Pike or Zionsville. So a lot on the line here, not only to to beat your rival, but to set yourself up for a, for a good tournament run. No, absolutely. I think mean, that that definitely is one of the keys. Is that both these teams uh, believe that they are state championship worthy, and I think everyone else believes they are too. Just from what we've seen, you mentioned Brownsburg having been tested this year. Uh, one of the three losses coming to Avon. Another one. Uh, just a couple weeks ago to HSC in the in the finale there of the regular season. And St. Xavier out of Cincinnati was another another uh, tough opponent. They exactly, played. exactly. I mean, they they've been tested. They've passed uh, some tests along the way, and and uh, they have their battle scars from it. And, and Avon as well, being undefeated, they've they've faced some tough opponents. They've had some close calls down the stretch, some last second field goals mm-hmm. that, that have gone through for them. I mean, these are two teams that that have shown uh, some chips in the armor. But we definitely think both these two teams, uh, looking forward to even past this game, could get out of sectionals, could win a regional, could find themselves in kind of a Final Four matchup uh, in semi-state. So big implications. It's a big-time uh, sectional uh, semifinal matchup with these two teams. I mean, starting out sectional play against each other, uh, it's almost it, – it, I'm not going to talk about seeding, but, <laughs> but it, it, it is at least going to add some excitement. Well, why don't we talk? No, we did talk. See, we, we didn't need to go down that route at this point. The tournament's already started, so uh, we'll leave it at that. Now, so this uh, this sectional sectional five feeds into the uh, southern half of the bracket, uh, and next year, you know, Carmel will join this group, which will which will add another element to uh, you know to that sectional. So, but if for this year, it's Pike against Pike is at Zionsville on Friday night in the other game. Uh, Pike is one and eight, Zionsville three and six. I think both these teams are somewhat uh, sleepers. They know each other well. Pat Echeverria, the uh, Pike coach. Uh, came from Zionsville, where he was the coach there, uh, and they played each other earlier this year. So a lot of a lot of familiarity between these games. Zionsville won the first matchup, uh, I believe that was a season opening game, seventeen to seven. And uh, Scott Turn- Scott Turnquist uh, came over from Carmel. He's in his first year at Zionsville this year, and, and they've been playing a lot better. I think this is kind of a dangerous team, and I think Pike is too. Pike, you've seen them a couple times. They have some good weapons on offense, including a quarterback. Absolutely. This Pike team is a team that is 1-8. You see that record and you might dismiss them, but it's a 1-8 team that's gotten better and better every single week. Uh, it's a team that pushed Ben Davis all the way to the edge. I mean, and in week three they had him all the way in overtime and, and lose after going for two and not getting it. I mean, this was a, they were one play away from beating them, and uh, they're a couple plays away from beating some other really tough teams in the Mick. I mean, this is a team that's gotten better uh, offensively with Anthony Seidella. He's a junior quarterback, a name you're going to want to know for next year as well. Uh, big arm, stands in the pocket well, and able to find his receivers. I mean, Pike has some athletes on the outside uh, that can really make you work. So uh, one of those being Xavier Simpson, who, who might be kind of the go-to guy on the outside. So 
Uh, their defense is strong as well. And like you said, with Coach Etch coming over, this being his first year at Pike uh, after coming over from Zionsville, I think it's going to be an emotionally charged game. I mean, I, I think Pike wants some revenge on Zionsville. It's a team that I think that they believe they should beat. Uh, even if their record doesn't say so. You know, Coach Etch is going to want to get a win against his former team. Uh, it's kind of a, one of those sneaky good games that you might pass over in the opening slate of sectional play. And I'll say this, Zionsville the last two weeks pushed Avon right to the, mm-hmm. right to the end. And then against Fishers last uh, two weeks ago, or a week and a half ago, I guess, lost to Fishers 42-35 to in both of those games. Uh, I went back and watched the the video. There was some some tough calls. I won't say they were wrong, but they were they were a tough spot against Fishers that would have kept the drive going potentially. And then it appeared they might have kept Avon out of the end zone, and it turned out to be they 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 stripped the ball and thought they had a, a fumble uh, recovery. The the refs blew it dead. Avon got another shot, ended up tying the game, and then eventually winning it. So uh, you know, not to say Avon wouldn't have won anyway, but. The point is, Zionsville's been right there with Avon and Fishers, who are two of the best teams, uh, not only in the conference, but in the state this year. So uh, I think that shows where Zionsville has come uh, under Scott Turnquist in, in their first season. They've got some good young players, and I think that's going to be a really good game. And I think the winner of this game, uh, don't sleep on them. To, and Avon knows that already, having uh, almost lost to Zionsville. So an interesting game, I think. And not normally would we start off talking about a 1-8 and eight versus 3-6, and six, but I think that's going to be a good battle Friday. i tell you what, you may be over 80% on your predictions, but have fun this week <laughs> uh, with Avon, Brownsburg, Pike, Zionsville starting it out. Exactly. Then we'll, we'll, let's stay on the southern half of that 6A bracket. The winner of that sectional would, would play the winner of sectional 6 in the regional. And for all intents, uh, Logan, Ben Davis even with a 5-4 uh, and four record, uh, is a pretty big favorite here, I would think. Uh, Zionsville, I'm sorry, Southport is on the uh, other side of that bracket, and they they host Tech on Friday night. And Tech's having a really nice year at 5-4 and four, uh, under Will Patterson. Southport as well. Uh, of course, Ryan Lazan, their quarterback, has, has been all everything for, for uh, Southport this year. And, and they're sitting at 6-3 and three after a tough loss to uh, Bloomington North. But, uh, but I think for all intents, Ben Davis will host uh, Perry Meridian the first game and then play the winner of that Tech-Southport game. Uh, you would kind of think Southport would be the favorite there. Uh, ben Davis has been playing better. I saw him play North Central at the end of the season, uh, 23-7, to and really dominated that game, uh, even even though it wasn't, uh, you know, it was a close game at halftime, and then they really stuck it to North Central in the second half. And uh, seems to be a team under Jason Simmons that's putting it all together, can you trust them to uh, to win two games in the sectional? Uh, I definitely think you can trust Ben Davis to win two games in the sectional. I think starting at home definitely helps uh, against, against Perry Meridian as well, a game that Ben Davis is favored in. Uh, I think they'll be able to get it done. They might uh, have a little bit of resistance there from Southport or Tech, and both those teams are, are, are solid teams and are having good years. But uh, I think Ben Davis ha- has a little bit easier of a schedule uh, and sectional is just how it got drawn up this year for them, and uh, I think they're going to take advantage of it as well. And and ever since that that Warren Central game at Ben Davis uh, in the middle of the season, where mm. they kind of flipped the switch on everyone, they won a double overtime. That was that was the game that I think uh, allowed Ben Davis to believe and trust in themselves that they could win these football games, that they could they could pull out some grinders if they needed to. Uh, after losing three of their first four, they come on just a tear of winning. You know, four of their last five. Right. <laughs> it's been a, been a streaky year for them, but when they're hot, they're hot and they're tough to stop. So I really like Trent Gibson and Elijah Hassel. Uh, you have some big time receivers on the outside. I mean, they average you know over six foot out yeah. there. I mean, big targets for Gibson to throw to, and 
Dalen Carnell is the real deal for for the Giants. Uh, when you need a big play, look to him. So. Ben Davis, I think, is definitely a team that could go far in this tournament. Yeah, I really like Trent Gibson. Uh, you mentioned Elijah Hassel. Uh, Gibson, I think, is playing his best football of his career right now. And you get a senior quarterback like that, you have to. I always look at that. Who's got the senior quarterback with experience? Who, and then in that case, that they have that. And uh, he was really, really good against North Central. And I also thought Dalen Carnell. I mean, he seems to whenever you need a big play or something. Uh, good happens for Ben Davis on that defense. Seems like he's always right in the middle of it. So that's a team, you know, their their sectional draw is really good this year. Uh, you know, as far as you know, as far as the sectional that they're in, you know, they get out of that Warren Central uh, sectional that they were in the past two years. So even before the season, you look at that and say, well, that's a pretty good a pretty good path for the Giants, who uh, would then possibly get a chance to get revenge against either Brownsburg or Avon in the regional. And you have to think. You know that would be good motivation uh, for the Giants as well. I don't think there's there's not a team out there that they can't beat in six A. I don't think. No, I, I don't believe so. I think Ben Davis is as good as anyone on their best day, but we've seen about their worst as well. Right. <laughs> so, but but the, the trend has been going up for Ben Davis. They've been playing their best ball here of late. You know they had a little bit of a hiccup against Lawrence Central a couple weeks ago, and that week seven matchup where it was pouring rain and everything else. A game they went up eighteen nothing on. The Bears early and kind of took their foot off the gas is what they, they'll tell you. But um, it, I, I think I think the Giants are really as tough as they might say. They can beat anyone on any given day, and uh, I think they're really dangerous. That's a game you can never overlook. And like I said, if they get past Perry Meridian, they would play the winner of Tech and Southport Tech 5-4, uh, and four, one of their best seasons, I think, believe, I believe since 2013. So a uh, good year for Will Patterson and the Titans, and uh, they'll run into a, a Southport team that – Sitting at six and three, very explosive. Like I said, Ryan Lazan is the real deal. He's a uh, headed to Ball State, uh, but he, he as a receiver, he's playing quarterback this year. Uh, put your best athlete there, and he's done a great job. Three sport athlete, uh, kind of all everything. Like I said, at, at Southport, uh, that should be an interesting game. You'd kind of give the edge to Southport, you would think. Yeah. But uh, Ben Davis, a pretty clear favorite, I think, in, in sectional six. And Logan, looking down to sectional seven, uh, that that will be two really interesting games. You're going to see one of those games on Friday night. Lawrence Central is at Lawrence North. And, uh, you know, and let's first talk about the other game in that bracket. The Warren Central 6-3 and three is at North Central 6-3. and three. Uh, This is a game where I covered this game last year. They played in the regional. <laughs> North Central won their first uh, sectional uh, since 1993, I believe it was, 25 years. Yep. And uh, and they played Warren Central toe-to-toe for most of that game in the in the freezing cold uh, press box. It was, <laughs> we had the window open, and somehow I got seated next to the coaches, the Warren coaches who had that window open so they could uh, watch the game better. And I was I'm, – I'm getting soft, I think. I was freezing my butt <laughs> off that whole game. Uh, but that should be – you know, it's a game Warren won 28-7 uh, earlier this season. Uh, but I think this is going to be a much closer game. The way North Central's played up until that Ben Davis game uh, would lead you to believe this is going to be a much better game, a game I think North Central could could potentially win. Uh, but they've lost so many in a row to uh, to Warren that you kind of believe it when you see it. I think it's 30 in a row to Warren yeah. uh, total since uh, going back 20 years. So that's a long history. And, and when you talk about these two, you know, Warren is, is – you know, traditionally, obviously, very much better than than North Central, but this year I think is a little bit different. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game as you think of this? Who, who do you, you know, what what edges do you give to each team when you when you look at this game on Friday night? Yeah, I I think kind of talking about both these games and, and sectional seven. 
uh, just to piggyback off of that, when you talk about like Lawrence Central, Lawrence North, Warren Central, North Central, it, it, it's kind of like when when will North Central, when will, when will they get over that hump? And like I said, the streak's starting to add up, and, and I think at the time is as good as ever for, mm-hmm. for the Panthers to get over that hump. Uh, we talk about Richard Hamilton a lot, and that's because he, he earns all the praise that he gets out there. Uh, dynamic playmaker for him offensively, really kind of the offense goes as he goes. Uh, Harry Abel's done better throughout the year as well. And the fact that the Panthers have him at home again, it feels reminiscent of that regional game against Warren Central last year that they were toe-to-toe with them. Earlier this year, though, didn't Warren Central kind of had their way. In, in week three, I believe it was 28-7, to and Warren Central kind of just took care of business there, it felt like. But uh, both teams have evolved since then, and, and we've seen uh, a little bit more dynamic offense and defense from North Central. They pride themselves defensively. It'll be inter- interesting to see... Uh, how they kind of come back after that kind of demoralizing loss against Ben Davis uh, that put everyone in a four-way tie for for the MIG championship. It'll be interesting to see how they come out and, and defend against Warren Central uh, this this coming week and and what the Warriors can do offensively. They they've struggled to move the ball. Uh, we yeah. talked about you know having Kobe Moore in at quarterback and kind of a last minute change. We've seen him get better throughout the year, but that offense isn't as dynamic as we're used to seeing a Warren Central offense in the last couple years. So I think it's going to be a gritty game. It's going to be it's going to be cold out there, and I think we're going to see uh, two hard-nosed teams uh, looking to get points any way that they can. Yeah, you mentioned Richard Hamilton. I talked to him after that uh, Ben Davis game two weeks ago, and really disappointed. He, he was, I, I just, you know, he, he just didn't expect that type of outing uh, from his offense. And I think, you know, from talking to Kevin O'Shea, I haven't talked to him since that night, but... I felt like they were going to have some spirited practices uh, after that uh, that that outing. Um, you know, he basically said, "We're gonna we didn't play pitch and catch very well. We're going to play pitch and catch better against Warren uh, when we come back and play in two weeks." So we'll find out. I mean, Harry Abel did didn't have his best game against Ben Davis. I think he's capable of more than that. Uh, the running game w- was almost non-existent uh, in that game, which was kind of surprising. So. But North Central's defense has been really good all year. They kind of wore down uh, when I watched them last because the offense wasn't helping them, and, and it was kind of like the, the the dam finally broke, and they just couldn't stop Ben Davis by the end of that game. Uh, but I think we'll see a different uh, North Central team. Whether they can beat Warren, you know, we'll, we'll find out. I think Warren has the, the mental edge probably of all these, the tradition of beating them so many times. And I'm sure Jason West's team will come ready to ready to play, and it seems like they always do once the tournament starts. And uh, there are some reason for concern, I think, for, for that team. They're not as obviously not as uh, uh, talented as they were a year ago. We knew that, uh, but like I said, they always seem to play their best once this tournament starts. And you know, they could go out and win uh, by three touchdowns. And I don't think anybody really blink an eye at that either. No, and, and an interesting note. I mean, uh, Coach West uh, has gotten out of sectionals five out of the six years he's been there at Warren Central. The, the lone year being 2017, where they lost to Ben Davis, the mm-hmm. eventual champs. So. Uh, it seems like Coach West always has those Warriors up and playing uh, come sectional time. Yeah, and they they gave Ben Davis their toughest game in that uh, 2017 sectional. Also, Logan, you're going to be at the Lawrence Central Lawrence North game. Uh, I covered that game earlier this year. I, I thought Lawrence North was was had a good chance to break through and do it. They couldn't stop Jason Graves in that game. It was, a, it was kind of a one-man wrecking crew. Uh, that game was played at Lucas Oil Stadium. This one will be at Lawrence North. They're playing at home. Uh, finally a chance to uh, to break the streak. What do you think? The Wildcats, can they do it? Yet again, we're, you know, we're talking about breaking the streak. It, it feels like the time is as good as ever. We we thought maybe Lawrence North was going to beat Lawrence Central in Week 3. It felt like the dominoes were falling in place for the Wildcats this year and that 
Uh, they were going to be just a really tough team, and, and they still have gotten better and better every week yet again, but couldn't quite get over that, that Lawrence Central bear hump. They just couldn't quite get over it. And, and uh, now, like I said, it's as good as time as ever. I mean, the, the Wildcats are going to have to play a really good defensive ball. We expect Jason Graves to be back from his injury. Uh, that's going to, you know, will he be 100%? I, I don't know. I haven't talked to any of the coaches about that yet, but we expect him to be back. So, uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun watching Jason Graves and Don, Donovan McCauley go at it. Two of the best quarterbacks uh, I think in the state at this point uh, that were just dynamic offensively and and can really uh, uh, beat you through the air on the ground. So it, it's a you're the one that makes the predictions, Kyle. <laughs> I'll leave it to you, but I think uh, it's definitely gonna be. A fantastic game. We're going to be there for the McNetwork game of the week. And how about Omar Cooper? Uh, the season he's had for Lawrence North, he's been been awesome. Uh, the sophomore receiver, and uh, that'll be an interesting thing to see how he can uh, how he plays. He had a, he had a really good game last time these teams met. Uh, I think it'll come down to Lawrence North's defense. Can they can they get the stops? Get the because I think Lawrence North's going to be able to score. Uh, can the defense do a better job of, of slowing Graves down and that that Lawrence Central offense? Lawrence Central has struggled to run the ball pretty much all season, but they have some good win. You know, beating Penn Davis—that's not a, you know, that that shows they played close against Carmel uh, the last week of the season. So, you know, I, I again we talk about Pike and their one and eight record and uh, their ability to compete with teams. Both of these teams, you know, they get into that game against Warren or North Central next week. That's not a that's not a, a pushover game either. So. That's the type of season it's been, though, in the mix. And we've seen Lawrence North. They took Warren Central to, uh, all yeah. the way to the edge. I mean, a game that they felt like they probably should have won that game. They let yeah. it slip through their fingertips at the end. And, and, you know, tip your cat to Warren Central as well for making a comeback. But the Wildcats were – I was we called that game. The yeah. Wildcats outplayed the Warriors that game. The, yeah. You know, they, they really did. So that's a game I know that they wish they could have back. And there's a Lawrence North team that played Carmel tough as well. Yeah. I mean, so, it, like I said, it's, it's a flip of the coin sometimes. It, it's a game of inches. You hear that all the time. And uh, these teams are, are just trying to get over that hump, and uh, I think they have as good a chance of anyone to come out of sectional seven. That'll be uh, that'll be an interesting game. That that game Lawrence North lost that you mentioned. I think it was a third and eight play that they gave up the long pass for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know that goes differently. That's uh, you know that that's a huge win for Lawrence North. But if it's in butts, yeah. you know what they say. But uh, <laughs> that that was I think showed Lawrence North's capable of, of winning a game like that. They just. They have just always had so much trouble getting over the hump here uh, in recent years. But so the winner of that section, I think you could you could really think all four teams have some sort of shot there. Uh, the winner of that would play the winner of sectional eight, uh, where Center Grove uh, will play Columbus East. That'll be one of the more interesting games on Friday night. Kind of a different game. Columbus East moves up uh, to six A uh, due to the uh, tradition uh, success factor. Uh, so they'll they'll host Center Grove, and that's not an easy game for the Trojans as they go on the road. And uh, they've they've kind of run the show in, in this sectional for the last several years. Uh, but I don't think that'll be that that's a that's a situation where you get two really veteran coaches, Bob Gaddis. Of course, he's been at Columbus East for a long time, and uh, Eric Moore uh, at Center Grove for a long time. So, but you know, again. Tradition, you know, two teams, a lot of tradition. Uh, Center Grove's got to go on the road, a little bit of a road trip, and uh, something a little different for for them in this sectional where they've, like I said, they've kind of they've kind of run this thing for a while. Absolutely, they've coasted uh, for the last couple of years. I believe they've won ten out of the last eleven. I mean, mm-hmm. they they they've been coasting through it, but 
the one year they did lose in 2010 was they met Columbus East. Yeah. That was the last time that they met. Columbus East won uh, almost 10 years ago. So uh, it's just an interesting tidbit there uh, of history that, that I think might come up uh, for Columbus East in, in terms of motivation. And Center Grove are now sitting at 4-5, and five, a really good 4-5 and five team. Uh, but but haven't had a typical Trojan year like we expected from them. They've been had some injuries here and there, and some younger younger talents come up and and, and learning the ropes. But uh, still a dangerous team. But I think Columbus is going to give them all that they can handle. Yeah, that'll be an interesting game on Friday night. And then Columbus North is on the other side of that uh, sectional eight bracket against a Franklin Central team that's bounced back and had a better year in year two in the in the uh, conference, Hoosier Crossroads Conference, than they did a year ago. They've uh, kind of risen up to the uh, to the level there. They beat HSC a couple of weeks ago, so they're sitting at four and five. I think they have a pretty good shot to win this game. I think it'll be a competitive game uh, against Columbus North, but uh, playing at home, you know, I think that it gives, uh, gives the uh, Flashes a good chance to get through that game. Absolutely, and like I said, they have been playing better down the stretch, and they kind of go as that defense goes, and if that defense can can get the job done and, and keep them in it come the fourth quarter, they're as tough as anyone. And uh, it didn't mention Center Grove was coming off a loss to Cathedral. That was a game where I, I went back and watched some of that game. Carson Steele still not uh, playing. I, I don't really expect him to be back, uh, you know, it, at least this week. But uh, so so, but Cathedral's you know that that's a really good team. I'm sure there's you know obviously no moral victories for Center Grove, but they're right in that game against a, a really good Cathedral team and, and defensively but really good against Cathedral, but uh, gave up a couple big plays uh, that hurt them down the stretch uh, to Warren Edwards. So uh, ended up losing that game, but Center Grove again, you know, they doesn't matter what record they have, they're going to be <laughs> tough. They're going to do what they do, uh, even with Steel out. I think they can still run the ball. Uh, just a tough team and. and Will not be. Uh, I think I'll probably end up picking them to win sectional eight, uh, but we'll definitely have an eye on what happens down there at Columbus East on Friday. Absolutely, and I think it's a good pick having Center Grove uh, coming out of there, and we'll see how far they can get in this tournament uh, if Carson still doesn't come back as well. And then uh, moving up in the the north side of the bracket, there's one local team uh, that will go up and play in sectional three this year. That's Noblesville. They're one and eight. Uh, they will actually host uh, Homestead. Uh, I went up and covered. Uh, I didn't cover a game, but I went up and did a, a story on Luke Goody, the Homestead quarterback, who is a, a big-time basketball recruit. He's a, also really good to get a you know a, a lineage of football players in his family. Uh, his grandpa played for the St. Louis Cardinals and, and won a, a Super Bowl at the Dolphins in '72. So you know he's got a whole bunch of uh, football players in his family. Uh, Trent Green is his uncle, who uh, his son T.J. Green plays at Northwestern, and uh, so he's got a Ben Skoranek is uh, another cousin is a, is a receiver at Northwestern. So uh, he, he's a really good quarterback. Really in, enjoyed talking to him. Uh, but they'll go and play Noblesville. Noblesville one and eight, having a rough season. Ha- have not been very good offensively uh, this season, but uh, also play a tougher schedule than Homestead. So we'll see if they can slow down that Homestead uh, offense and. and uh, how that game goes in sectional three. The winner of that uh, would play uh, Fort Wayne Snyder or Fort Wayne Carroll. Both those teams are always good uh, up in the Fort Wayne area too. So uh, Noblesville gets sent uh, up up to the Fort Wayne area. And sectional four wanted to talk about that a little bit. Fishers uh, seven and two goes to Westfield, uh, which is five and four. And uh, Westfield had been on a four game losing streak. Comes back and beats Franklin Central last week, uh, four, uh, 19 to 14. And uh, Fishers, like I mentioned earlier, kind of had to survive a tough uh, Zionsville team that's been coming on. Uh, Fishers only has those two losses to Avon and Brownsburg. They weren't 
really close in either one of those two games, but have beaten everybody else on their schedule this year. And then the other side of that bracket's Carmel against uh, Hamilton Southeastern. And Logan mentioned the HSC. The Royals have been playing much better as the season's gone on. Uh, Carmel six and three. Them kind of up and down, but but uh, you know have 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 kind of come on here late. And, and they beat Lawrence Central. Mm-hmm. Um, they shut out Warren Central the week before. Uh, I don't know. I, it's kind of an upset alert type of feel to that game. But but you know you, Carmel uh, seems to run the show on the north side of the uh, the state in six A two. So that that'll that'll be a fun game. Uh, can the Royals pull the upset? Yeah, that's going to be tough. I mean, we've seen HSC play with the best of them and, and play with the worst of them this year. I mean, another five and fourteen that kind of reminds you of a of a Ben Davis team. They have you know good quarterback play, good receiver play. It's just a matter of putting it all together at the right time for four quarters. Uh, a little bit of an upset alert. Like I said, Carmel has has kind of reigned supreme out of the North these last couple of years, or uh, at least have made it out of sectional play as well. So I think the Greyhounds are definitely still the favorite. Uh, even to get past maybe Fishers or Westfield that next game. You mentioned Fishers. They've uh, won the games that we've anticipated them to win, and they've lost the games we've anticipated them to lose. They, they, they are who we, who we think they are, it seems like. I just wonder if they have you know a trick up their sleeve uh, against Westfield or, or, or Carmel HSC, if they can pull out a sectional four victory. But I think Carmel's definitely the favorite. Those teams met just uh, three weeks ago. Uh, Fishers won, beat Westfield 19-14. to uh, So that should be a really good game. Uh, Carmel, like we said, they uh, they actually were in the same sectional with Hamilton Southeastern. Uh, they actually played uh, three years ago uh, and uh, beat them in the sectional. So in a close game, I remember covering that game actually. So that'll be a that'll be an interesting game. I think that sectional, I wouldn't say it's wide open, but maybe more more well matched uh, than than it's been in the past uh, couple of years. Uh, but Carmel again, they've got the they've got the ability, I think, to turn it on and and uh, still still come out of the north and be playing for a state championship when it's all said and done. Absolutely. And since moving Christian Williams over there, quarterback, yeah. uh, they've added a new wrinkle to their offense as well. Dylan Downing's been running well lately as well. And that defense is a, a typical Greyhound defense. Stout, sturdy, uh, barely gives up any points. I mentioned shutting out Warren Central. I mean, that's kind of what you think of, or at least what I think of when I hear Carmel Greyhounds, you know that defense is going to be intact and ready to go. Yeah, I think I'd still pick Carmel to come out of uh, sectional four, but I'm not, uh, you'll, you'll read my picks later, I'm, I'm not ready to uh, to, to, to lock it to in. To make those, yeah, I'm not locking those picks in quite yet. Uh, then let's look down to uh, to Class 5A Logan. Uh, there are really some some good matchups that will be, will be coming, maybe not so much this week, but, but definitely next week. Uh, sectional 13 is where we have a couple local teams playing Terre Haute schools. D- Decatur Central, 8-2 uh, and two now, and Terre Haute North. They host Terre Haute North, who's 2-7. and seven. And then Cathedral, uh, I believe that game will be, I don't know, I think it's at Arlington, but I'm not quite sure where it's going to be. Uh, I have to check uh, with Cathedral on that. It could be could be at Tech possibly, but uh, they will host Terre Haute South, who is uh, five and four. Uh, so that that uh, you you would kind of expect Cathedral and Decatur Central to get through, and uh, we can talk more about that game next week when they when they mm-hmm. likely do play each other. But both those teams have seemed to be on a collision course all year. We just had to wait and see what the uh, sectional <laughs> draw was going to be. Absolutely, Decatur had to get through Plainfield earlier and and did that, and now get. A date here with Terre Haute North, and, and I think that's a game that we expect to care to get past. Terre Haute South might out offer a little bit more resistance against Cathedral, but it's definitely still a game that you would anticipate Cathedral getting through. And like I said, we'll, we'll hold off on the on the talks of what could be a sectional final, but it, it's definitely a game that 
uh, I think everyone has been anticipating, has been wanting to see uh, one of the premier games that could happen next week. Kenny Tracy, one of the best players in the in the state uh, at Decatur Central. Uh, he's a senior, so what, you know, those seniors, you got to watch out in the cathedral course uh, with Warren Edwards. He's been great all year, he's had a fantastic season. And by the way, uh, Tyrone Tracy at uh, Iowa, I don't know if you saw Logan, his catch and run for touchdown the other day, how he got out of that. Uh, fun to see uh, former Indianapolis athletes uh, performing like that on a big stage at, in the Big Ten. Absolutely, and Iowa known for coming into uh, Indianapolis and taking yeah. some athletes. There's been a lot to come from here, especially lately. Uh, so Decatur Central and Cathedral look, appear to be on a collision course there. Uh, you jump down to sectional 14, Seymour's at Franklin. Uh, like I said, Franklin, we've talked a lot about them this year. Been a, been a great story under Chris Cole. I uh, wrote about him a while back. He coming off a, a cancer diagnosis last year and doing really well this year in, in Franklin with Drew Byerly uh, ex- as explosive as about any team in, in 5A. Uh, but, you know, they, they should be able to get through Seymour, you would think. Uh, they they uh, have played well all year, lost to Decatur in the season finale, 41-21. Uh, but this is a Franklin team that's that's been really good. Um, so, but in the bottom of that bracket, you've got the uh, the new pal juggernaut nine and zero going to Whiteland, and and Whiteland's always a tough team. I, I'm, I am interested to see how this game goes. Whiteland likes to run the ball; they're physical. Darren Fisher's been there for a long time; has won a lot of games. Uh, Logan, what do you think? Is this a potential upset alert down at Whiteland on Friday? Uh, maybe, maybe an upset that Whiteland might score first. I mean, <laughs> if they win the coin toss, I mean, I'd, I'd, that's the only way. I, that's the only way I'd ever pick against New Pals. Maybe they won't score, score first, but they'll score last and they'll score a lot. So, um, no, my, I, I would definitely go with with New Palestine to to come out of that one, and and I hope Franklin uh, as well. I hope Franklin. They're favored against Seymour. I hope they take it one game at a time and don't start looking ahead to New Pals. Well, I think that could be a really good uh, sectional final game if you see Franklin and New Pal. All I'm saying, don't sleep on Whiteland. I think <laughs> I think they might have something for New Pal. I'm not saying they're going to win, uh, but I think it could be a it could be a tougher game maybe than people realize. I, I, anytime you play, because uh, New Pal just hasn't, you know, because of the conference that they're in. And I'm not saying. You know they shouldn't be in that in their conference in the Hoosier Heritage, but Whiteland plays the Mid-State, which has been really good all year. I think they're going to be tested. Uh, I think they won't be totally blown away by New Pal's strength and, and mm-hmm. speed. Uh, so I think this will be, you know, like I said, I, I expect New Pal to win, uh, but I think Whiteland may have something for him and, and and may give him a little bit of a scare. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, uh, I hear you. I hear you out on it. <laughs> <laughs> then let's look down. There, there were, uh, you know, like I said, there was. A couple, Decatur Central did beat Plainfield in 5A last week. That was one of the two 5A games uh, that went on in the state uh, last Friday. Uh, but all the other uh, classes did play 4A on down. And let's kind of run through uh, Mount Vernon. Uh, we'll go to Newcastle. Sectional 21 really appears to be probably a two team uh, affair. Uh, this week you've got uh, Mount Vernon's at Newcastle and uh, Pendleton Heights is at Greenfield Central. Uh, both of those teams, Mount Vernon and Pendleton Heights, appeared to be the class of that sectional in, in sectional 21. I think that sets up to be a really good game next week. I think Mount Vernon probably has the tougher game this week to go to Newcastle, uh, but I expect them to get through. They won the first meeting 61-20 uh, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, so I, I think both those teams end up on end up playing each other next weekend. Yeah, Mount Vernon and Pendleton Heights, both with former Mick coaches leading the way now and mm-hmm. kind of turn those programs around. And Coach Kirshner, in just his short amount of time, has really – 
uh, brought Mount Vernon to prominence and probably the favorite to come out of that sectional as well. Yeah, Mount Vernon, Pendleton Heights, again, uh, probably likely to meet next week in sectional 21. A good story in uh, sectional 22 uh, where Attics is 7-2, and two, and uh, after a win over Beach Grove, uh, they'll host and say they, they'll actually play in Northwest, which is where they play their home games. But uh, you think of Attics as a basketball school, mm-hmm. and rightly so. Uh, Abe Tafik, who was, used to coach at Northwest, has got this thing going uh, at Attics. I don't expect them to beat Ron Colley on Friday, but it's cool that they're in this game and, and they won a sectional game. Absolutely. Uh, that's good for the program as well. And like you said, you hear basketball school a lot, and it's always fun when you can get some success in another sport. And interesting to see how they play against Ron Colley. Uh, you know, if you can hear me out, maybe they'll keep it close. Yeah, Ron Colley. <laughs> Ron Colley really. Uh, they're the probably the class of this yeah. uh, this sectional uh, where you have Western is also playing uh, at Lebanon in the other side of that bracket. Uh, Lebanon is uh, four and five this year, and, and uh, have some have some good players. J.C. Reese is a receiver for them, who's really having a nice mm-hmm. season. Uh, Garrett Harker, the quarterback, so. Uh, Lebanon is uh, probably an underdog, a slight underdog in this one, but uh, they have some offensive weapons as well. And then in sectional 23, Class 4A, uh, we talk a lot about Mooresville. They're going to host Martinsville uh, on the bottom side of the bracket. And then the other, the other side, you have East Central, which is 10-0 and with state power year in, year out. Uh, Greenwood had to go there a couple of years ago and play them in the semi-state and got beat. Uh, Greenwood will host them in the sectional this year. Uh, so kind of a far-flung sectional where you bring in East Central and uh, Madison. Greenwood had to play Madison last week. Silver Creek is in that sectional. So uh, you get kind of teams from all over. Mooresville had to go to uh, South Dearborn last week to play. So, uh, But you end up with uh, potentially East Central and Mooresville next week. And, and I think, uh, you know, Mooresville will be, you know, come out of this Martinsville game, I think. Uh, Martinsville's got some weapons. But uh, everything kind of sets up to see East Central Mooresville next week. Yeah, and, and we talk about Class 4 all the time, just feeling like it's wide open it for is, anyone. Yeah. It's felt like that all year long. You have a couple really good teams with East Central being undefeated, Mooresville 8-2. I feel like either of those two teams could end up winning it all. You look down, you have some Evansville teams, some teams from the north that are strong as well. I mean, we, we, we don't really know who's going to actually come out of this, but we know we have a couple really good games coming up in the next couple weeks. Absolutely. And sectional 28 is uh, in 3A. The sectional of death, as uh, it was referred to, I think by me. But uh, West Lafayette, eight and two. They are the defending state champs. Garen Catholic, six and four. And uh, Garen, a really, really good team, beat a good Yorktown team, twenty-six to seven last week. And uh, the other side of the bracket, Bishop Chatard, nine and one, is at North Montgomery. And again, you know, you, you kind of look ahead to next week, but also I think, I think. Garen, uh, they, they may be able to uh, stay in this game, maybe able to win it. I, I really, I really do think that they're capable of doing that this year uh, with guys like Bernie McGinnis, who's been really good all year for them. Uh, I think this is a good team. Tom Dilley's in his sixth year now at Garen, which is hard to believe. It's that they've got the the program going for that long now. So uh, interesting game. I, I think that'll be a, it'll be tough for Garen to stop West Lafayette. Kyle Adams is a great quarterback, of course, for uh, West Lafayette, but. Uh, this is really, really tough. North Montgomery is a good team as well, but I think Chittard's going to be able to get through that one. Yeah, Chittard right now kind of looks like the best team in that class with how they've played uh, throughout the season as well and, and, and how they've gone. So uh, I, my favorite would be Chittard coming out of sectional 28, but that doesn't mean uh, they aren't going to have to do it without a fight. And I agree with you. I think Garrett Catholic right now uh, kind of has the upset alert going against West Lafayette. They get them at home as well. Uh, that That's a game that... Uh, at the very least, I think will be very close and come down maybe to a possession here or there. So 
Uh, two really good games, though, if you can go out to those games. That's going to be a lot of fun. Chittard handled Brebeuf 49-7 to last week, so that yeah. kind of shows the uh, strength of the Trojans this year. Uh, sectional 29 also. Danville kind of pulled off a bit of an upset, 28-12, yeah. to 12, uh, beat Tri-West last week, and I was uh, you know, kind of a surprise to see Indian Creek got beat by West Vigo, uh, 32 to 29. So a couple upsets, uh, you know, mild upsets, I would say, in sectional 29. Uh, West Vigo will now play Danville. Danville hosts uh, that game uh, with a chance to get to the sectional championship, and I think a very winnable sectional uh, here for uh, for Danville at this point. Uh, but you've got Ritter on the other side. Ritter's been playing better, uh, and they will play Greencastle. Uh, Greencastle four and six. Ritter six and four. That game will be at Marion, where Ritter plays its home games. Uh, but this is a very even uh, uh, sectional, Logan. Absolutely, sectional twenty nine is really up for grabs. There is no uh, kind of alpha, so to speak, or the team to beat. I think everyone's pretty even and pretty equal. So I think home field advantage is going to come down to, to play a big part in it. And I wouldn't mind uh, seeing Danville come through there. I think they have a good chance. Yeah, Casey Woods does a really good job uh, coaching that program, uh, I believe in his third year now at Danville. So uh, should be should be a couple of really close games in sectional 29. Uh, you look down to uh, Class 2A. And again, 2A has been one of those classes, too, where you feel like there's a lot of, a lot of balance, a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of teams who could come out and, and win it in uh, in that class. But Western Boone, again, sectional 37. They're coming off a 35-7 win over uh, over a pretty good Southmont team. And now they play North Putnam, uh, who's 8-2. And, two. and uh, you know, you feel like this is a game that Western Boone, uh, sh- again, should win. But uh, North Putnam's better than they have been. And, uh, you know, Justin Pelley's team will have its hands full, I think. Well, if anyone's going to give them any resistance, it is going to be North Putnam in that sectional. I think maybe kind of say that's that second-best team, and it is at North Putnam as well. Never overshadow uh, what home field advantage can do for a high school team. So uh, I, think, I think it's going to be a closer game than what people expect. I think Western Boone's still the favorite. Cascade's still alive. They're 5-5. Five and five. Uh, Ben Davis grad Steve Spinks is in his fourth year uh, coaching the, the Cascade team, and they're uh, coming off a of 49 49- uh, 21 win over Monrovia. AJ Sanders uh, texting with uh, Steve a little bit. Had a great game uh, last week in their win over Monrovia. So uh, keep an eye on Cascade. They they might be able to win that game and get into a sectional championship game uh, next week. So uh, that that should be a, a winnable game potentially. Should be an even game against South Vermillion. You would think. Uh, sectional 38. Cecina still alive. They will host. Uh, they say the host actually be at Chittard, uh for that game. They'll play Shenandoah. Shenandoah has been a good a good program, uh, but against Cecina, I think you know it, this is a team that's always tough. David Baker, uh, really good player, going to IU at receiver. They have playmakers. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of you know can they you know can they uh, get the ball in his hands enough and uh, you know get past the Shatard team or I'm sorry, a Shenandoah team that that's pretty strong, uh, but a team that they also uh, beat earlier this season. Yeah, I think Cecilia definitely is the favorite. We, we've kind of had them on our radar all year long. We know that they're uh, one of the top teams in Class 2A, and they've shown it so far. I uh, think definitely the favorite and, and could get a really good matchup for that sectional championship uh, looking forward. Yes, yeah, Heritage Christian 9-1. and They go to Eastern Hancock 8-2, and two, and that was a uh, that was a game they actually met earlier this year, too. Heritage Christian won 38-20 uh, over Eastern Hancock. Heritage Christian beat Eastern Hancock, so... Uh, again, should, this is maybe Heritage Christian's best team. You remember back when they, they won state, uh, I believe it was 11 years ago. Uh, this may be their best team since then. Uh, can really throw the ball and, and uh, like to throw it around. So does Eastern Hancock. So that should be a fun game. Lots of points on the board, uh, pending whatever the weather uh, ends up looking <laughs> like on Friday night. Hopefully it's good. 
Uh, and then Triton Central, the other area team, they're down in sectional 39 now, and uh, it probably benefits them to be in this sectional because it's not a not a great sectional, uh, but a lot of travel too. You have to go down to Paoli. Uh, Paoli is probably the other team that that potentially, and Providence is probably better than what their record shows. Uh, they've made a pretty solid program there on the other side of the bracket. Uh, but really like Triton Central, Tim Abel, the former Decatur Central coach, uh, has done a really nice job there at Triton Central. Absolutely. That was kind of a team to, to look out for to possibly make a run in, in this tournament as well, getting a favorable sectional. And then uh, you look down Traders Point, 8-1 and one in uh, Class 1A, sectional 42. Uh, they'll host North White. And uh, Lafayette Central Catholic also in that bracket. They'll host uh, Clinton Prairie. So Traders Point, a chance to get into the championship game you you kind of expect that they could do that there and then uh you know looking down a little bit farther and uh, sectional 46 and that is probably going to be all lutheran i would think they will host a covenant christian who's uh six and four on the season lutheran nine and zero, and rank number one uh the other side is park tutor at indian and deaf deaf school and uh but lutheran you know they, they've been on they, we talked about them before logan they've been on a on a roll pretty much all season they just Obliterated Sheridan last week, yeah. sixty-two to fourteen. So, uh, no problem there for the Saints, and they may not run into any interference in this sectional. No, I, I I wouldn't say so as well. I think that's that's a team that we know has been one of the top teams in Class A, and uh, a team that we expect to go very far because they've shown it just by annihilating opponents. Well, half these teams will be gone by next week, Logan. <laughs> we can uh, you know get down to the sectional championship talk uh, next week. What are you most looking forward to on Friday night when you look at this slate? Of, uh, slate of matchups. Uh, I, I definitely think we have some some rematches that are happening uh, throughout the state. Uh, to go back to kind of what we talked about with, with Pike at Zionsville or Lawrence and Central at Lawrence North, Warren at North Central. Those are some games that are going to be fun. Center Grove at Columbus East as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of renewing an old history there that they've had in that sectional uh, back about you know nine ten years ago. So. Uh, there, there's going to be some fun ones, not to mention Avon and Brownsburg going at it. Uh, Class 6A is just loaded this week with, with so many great games to go to. Yeah, I can't wait. I'll be at that Avon-Brownsburg game. And like I said, a couple games, the uh, not saying, I'm just saying category. I think HSE Carmel could be one. It could be a potential upset. And I, I'm telling you, I think Whiteland, keep an eye on those those Warriors against the New Pal. I, th- I think they're going to be ready to go. Yeah, they may be ready to go, but I, I think New Pal will as well. I, I will not choose against New Pal ever. <laughs> not to, I'm not choosing against I'm not going that far. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, we'll be back with you next week. And, again, thanks uh, for joining us, and enjoy the sectional games on Friday night.